fills you. It is my spirit that blows on you. It is my spirit that calls you to come forth. And when you hear my voice and you step out of that boat and you step on top of the circumstances and you do not allow the contrary winds to sway your belief in me, God says all things are possible because my spirit will lead you. For I am the spirit of truth and I will lead you in my truth. And I will never push you or shove you into something or make you feel pressured or give you anxiety because that is not my spirit. But God said I'm the prince of peace and I will lead you by my peace. But the Lord says so broaden your tent stakes. And for those who need a physical healing, God said, is it easier for me to say, rise up and be healed or your sins are forgiven you? But God says that my spirit is a spirit of forgiveness. I have unconditional love for my children. All those that have asked Christ in your heart, God says you have a good heart because you've asked Christ in your heart. So God says, stop condemning yourselves. But go from glory to glory. Go from each day that's new every morning. Come into my presence and confess your sin. And know that I give you grace for that day. I give you mercy for that day. And that is more than sufficient for you. So God is encouraging us to get up out of our situations that we see right now. And he says, I'm going to show you in the spirit realm the things that I put in within your spirit for destiny. Because you're all marked for destiny in my kingdom and in my presence. So God said, I'm going to be downloading. And I'm going to be blowing on some dreams that have been lying dormant in some of you. And I'm going to refresh the visions that I've given you. And I'm going to give you new visions. So whether you've had dreams that have not been fulfilled yet, God said, get ready because I'm going to birth them through. And the visions that you have and you don't yet know how it's going to play out, God said, keep trusting in me and know that I'm going to open the doors. And when I open a door, no man will shut it. And when I open a door, it's going to begin to make sense to you, the steps to take. But in everything, God says, trust in me and talk to me. And there's some of us that have not yet walked in the destiny. And God said, those things are going to become evident to you in days ahead. Hallelujah. Before we pray for the lost, if you're in the building tonight, if you're watching my live stream, you need a touch from the Lord. If it's a physical touch, lay your hand upon the place where you need a touch. Some of us are battling in the mind. Fear has gripped. Lay your hands on your mind. In the prophetic word, the Lord had already laid on my heart before I pray for the lost. 
to pray for the sick. Father, we bring ourselves before you tonight. Your word declares by your stripes. Before you ever went to the cross, it was told that we were going to be healed. Father, tonight, whether here in the sanctuary or watching by live stream, we reach out in faith, believing for something we have not seen, but believing by faith, trusting your word to be healed tonight. We're going to walk in belief this week. And we're going to continue to thank you. As you touch us, as you strengthen us, as you deliver us. And Father, we take a moment to lift the loss to you to lift our family members that don't know you, to lift our church members who have walked away from you, to lift our brothers and sisters of the Lord who are struggling in their walk. We bring them before you tonight, Lord, and we thank you. You are not finished with them, and you are not finished with us. Lord, we are still a work in progress, and we are claiming into the kingdom of God those who have not yet accepted you. And we're believing for ourselves, Lord, to change in our lives, in our spirits, and in our beliefs. Father, tonight we thank you for the leadership of this house. For Bishop and Dr. Cheryl. Once again, we ask a special blessing upon them. May the floodgates of heaven open and pour out. Pour out like never before. Your presence, your spirit, your compassion, your love, your grace, your mercy upon our pastors upon the leaders of this house, upon the leaders of a network that you gave to them to start that's touching throughout the globe. And we lift the fellow ministers and ministries throughout the ACM. And Lord, impress upon us the importance of doing that which you've asked us to do. We rise up in this hour. Go forth in anointing and your giving. We thank you for the chaplains, the pastors of the unchurched called outside the four walls of the church to minister. Use us, Lord, in that time. We thank you for the ministries inside the four walls of this church. Bless the leaders of those ministries. And once again, we lift before you Apostle and Sister C. We lift before you, Pastor Garner. We ask you to strengthen them in their latter years. Lord, that they have the strength of when they were young to go forth 
doing that which you've called them to do. And once again, Holy Spirit, we say have your way. Have your way in this service tonight. We praise you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give God a praise for yourself tonight. Amen. You could be doing anything you want to do, but you're here tonight. Because you love Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm blessed that you're here and I'm so blessed that you are joining us by live stream and I just want to give a shout out to Bishop we love you and we can't wait to see you in this place too thank you Lord and he is getting so much better and uh, recovering and whoo He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to share with you a few thoughts tonight about what God laid on my heart to share. And, of course, I just seek God all week to find out, God, what do you want to say? I've come to a place in my walk where I'm, I'm not, I just refuse to get into my little religious routines. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You got this whole thing you do. And uh, so the other morning, ooh, I'm dinging. The other morning, uh, you know, the Lord said, don't even dare. And I said, okay, what? He said, don't even start with what you usually start with. Okay, how about if I do something different? And he said, I just want you to sit and soak up my presence. Have you ever tried to do that? It's very hard. We want to talk at God. But I just began to sit in his presence and I said, Lord, what's on your heart? What do you want? What do you want to say? So he said to me, I want you to talk about eternity. Now, how many of you really don't think much about eternity? But what if you began to live every moment in light of eternity? Wow. So that's what I called it tonight. I don't know, it's on that screen. There it is. In light of eternity. I thank God for my sound crew, man. They are to die for. Awesome. Woo, woo. Thinking in light of eternity. You're going to come to a place as you just get closer and closer and closer to Jesus where today don't matter. It just matters where you're headed. Isn't that true? People will say, well, you know, I only have a certain amount of time to live. I've been diagnosed with this, with that. And I say, don't we all? 
Don't we all have a certain amount of time to live? Let's face it. You can walk out the door of your home tomorrow morning and go be with Jesus. Because when we begin to understand in light of eternity, it's just all about whatever he wants. It's all about, I don't belong to me. I am wrapped up in him. What if tomorrow came and everything did end? Would you be in a good place? Would you be in a good place with God that if tomorrow morning everything ended? I know most of us would say, man, I like to think so. But I said to God one morning, I said, I want to know so. I want to know that I'm yours and so wrapped up in you that if you ended this whole life now, I just know I'm going to just be in eternity with you. How many of you know that? See, don't let the enemy rob you with thoughts. Don't let the enemy tell you, well, maybe not. No. We love Jesus. We belong to Jesus. We are not our own. And if everything today came to an end, God is our focus. How many of you have come to the place where stuff just don't mean a lot? I mean, stuff just don't mean a lot. I don't need another house, another car, another anything. It just doesn't matter. Now, well, Dr. Cheryl, wouldn't you like something nice? Nice is okay, but I think of a car, as long as it's got four wheels and a motor and a steering wheel, as long as I can get to where I got to go. I'll never forget when Bishop and I got married, we had this 73... I don't know what you call it. It's an Oldsmobile. It was called a deuce and a quarter. This thing was so bashed in on every side. But it worked. And we just run around and do errands with it or run and do some ministry because this thing purred like a kitten. But it was the ugliest beat-up car. And I'll never forget we were riding to a ministry thing and we had someone in the car with us and she said I gotta make a phone call and there were no cell phones you used to have to stop at the phone booths or they had these phones that just were on poles like and you could pull up well Bishop pulls up to this phone and scrapes the whole side of this car so she can just reach out the window and get this phone she was like Oh, my God. I said, oh, don't worry about it. She said, he just scraped the whole side of the car. I said, really? Look at the car. Would you be able to tell? I'm not suggesting we should all go scrape up our cars or beat up what we have, but are we appreciative? Are we 
happy? Are we thankful? Are we content? And we don't need more stuff. Are we content in light of eternity to just be in his presence? How many of you are getting this? See, when the most important thing in your day is, who am I going to tell about Christ? Who, who's God going to bring my way? Or, you know, I could get involved in something. You know, I could get involved in the ministries at the church. I could get involved in some inner healing and deliverance. Or I could go get involved in the healing rooms. And I can go pray for people. And I can see them get healed. And there's miracles going on in them healing rooms. People are getting saved and they're coming to know Jesus. Or maybe you need to adopt somebody that you lead to Christ and begin to disciple them and teach them how to walk this walk. Or maybe you could just come and help do something in the body. Maybe there's someone that you know that just needs some house visits. Someone that just needs to be encouraged. And that becomes the most important thing next to reading your word, spending time with God. Are you getting this tonight? Look at Luke 21, 6. As for these things which you behold. How many of you get what he's saying? These things which you behold. These things going on around you. He says, the days will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. That means there's coming a time where everything as we've known it is not going to be there. Now, how many of you would say, yeah, we kind of experienced a touch of that? Right? I mean... I can't even tell you how many churches have shut down permanently. I mean, it's getting to where if you can find a church open, you run because you want to go be in the presence of God and the saints. Things as you knew it back in December are certainly not going to be the same way this December. And not because of COVID. But because we have been given a totally new perspective on life. Are you getting this? What would be your response if tomorrow everything was over? It's time to meet the maker and see what is on his heart. Do you know him? Do you know him? Look at your neighbor and say, do you know him? Put your hand on your heart and say, do I know him? See, that word know in the Greek is intimacy. Are you intimate with Jesus? Do you share things with Jesus that you don't share with any human? Do you talk?
talk to him, spend time with him, and not act like he's a candy store that you can pick and choose what you want. Do we know him? And is there fruit as a result of that relationship with him? See, I don't know. I wonder if this is dinging. Is there fruit? I don't know for you. What would fruit look like from a relationship with Christ? For me, it has to change me. I've been changed. I don't talk the way I used to. I don't act the way I used to. I don't react the way I used to. I've learned to respond. And I certainly have not arrived. But I can see God working. Fruit. What does your fruit look like? Has he opened your eyes? Did you hear that prophetic word tonight? It said that God is opening our eyes. How many of you have had your eyes opened? Wow. It's made you change the way you think. It's made you change the way you perceive things. How many of you have found that what you thought was so important in the last season, it just ain't important? It just ain't a big deal. How many of you value family now? more than you've ever valued family. How many of you have said, that's it, I am slowing down. And when you had to slow down because of the pandemic, you learned something new and your eyes were open. You learned you didn't have to run around in circles anymore. See, what's the fruit of what God has done? Did God cause the pandemic? No, but did God use the pandemic? Yes. I said, Lord, may we never go back to what was. May we just relish. It's like a big, warm, fuzzy blanket sitting in front of a fireplace 24-7. Knowing him. He said to me this. He said, I'm going to require repentance and the ability to eradicate the enemy. He says, I want some repentant hearts. Now, remember what repentance means. Everybody thinks repentance is just groveling and saying, God, I repent. You hear people say it all the time. I repent. You can't repent. Repentance is a gift. You have to be crying out to God, I need to be changed. I need to do it different. Because repentance is turning away from that thing and going in the opposite direction. And what's so awesome is then you keep walking in the opposite direction. You get so far away from that thing that you are not plagued by it anymore. Repentance. Turn away. Turn away. Do something different. 
And he says, I want you to un have that ability to destroy, eradicate, demolish the enemy. Man, when I started doing warfare and praying, I just tear that devil to pieces. I just want to stomp him. I want to kill him. I want to bash him. I mean, sometimes Bishop will say, Cheryl, calm down. No, I hate him. I want to kill him. Absolutely. Let's look at Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, I love this verse. Some people say to me, that just scares me. No, listen to me. He's not a God of fear. He's a God of faith. And everything our God does, he brings us hope and redemption. He brings us a word of encouragement. Look what he says here. Yeah, he, he kind of makes it plain and says the truth. But put that up for a minute. Look what he says here, because I love it. He comes back with that hope. He says, not everyone, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom. Not everyone. He says, but, say but. I love when Jesus says but. Because he says, those that do the will of my Father. How many of you are doing your best and walking with grace and mercy and trying to do what the Father tells you to do? The other day, uh, a very close friend of mine said, have you heard that, those prophecies by uh, this, this one gentleman? And I said, yeah. And he says, uh, what do you think? It kind of really hits home, but man. He goes, I just fear. I said, well... I said, I'm, I don't doubt that what he is saying could be true. Hello? How many of you have heard all the prophecies, you know, these are the end times and God's going to blow up this and whatever? You know, that we see it. We see the natural disasters. We see Californian flames. We see hurricanes. We see tornadoes. We see all of this, right? We see the riots and the looting, and we see cities overtaken. How many of you say, yeah, we see all of it? Okay, those are truths, but my God, if the end of a prophetic word, if all I get out of it is the prophet saying, get your guns, make sure you got some food, and yeah, pray. Okay, I have an issue. <laughs> That just don't sound like my God. Because my God says there's hope. My God says if my people. And I'm hanging on to that 2 Chronicles 7, 14. 
I mean, I'm quoting it, speaking it, preaching it, trying to walk it on my face, crying out for this nation. And I'm believing if he don't hear nobody, he's going to at least hear me. Because he's given me hope. And I'm going to run and get my guns. I probably shoot myself in the foot. I ain't going to worry about my food. I want food, but I want enough so I can share it with people that will be desperate. And I have hope. And prayer, that should be number one, not number three. Saints, we got to understand we got to eradicate the enemy. We have something greater in us, the Spirit of God, that's greater than anything out there. He says, some, not all. What's he talking about there? I think he's talking about the Christians that say they're Christian, but they got this false confidence. There are people, I know it's hard to believe, I know it's hard to believe because you're sitting here tonight of your own free will and trying to get an extra dose of the Holy Ghost so you can go this week and live this walk. There are some people that think their whole Christian walk is satisfied in an hour and a half service every Sunday. There are those out there that have what God spoke to me. He said they have a false confidence. A false confidence. They think, I'm okay with Jesus because, you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm praying five minutes a day. I know some scriptures if I get a minute. Uh, you know, they got their guns, their food, and a little bit of prayer. He says, I am not going to tell you that everybody's getting into the kingdom. You say, well, Dr. Cheryl, that's your opinion. Okay, look at that word. He says right there, not everyone. That tells, how many of you know math enough <laughs> that not everyone means not everyone? <laughs> that if I have five, that maybe out of five, one might get in. Are you, are you hearing me? We got to live this thing. We got to walk this thing out. And listen. We better be walking it out and helping our brothers and sisters walk it out too. This ain't no about me and my three and no more. This is about me that when I see a need, I fill it. This is about me walking this thing out. And if it ain't convenient, oh well, too bad. Not for them, for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say in Jesus' name, I crush false confidence. He said in verse 13 of Matthew 7, he says, The gate's narrow, the gate's narrow, the gate's narrow. Ever try to shove a herd through a narrow place? It's narrow. And I got one more thing to say about that. When we stand before God, we ain't going to stand there with us and five others that we can blame. 
It's just going to be me and Jesus. And he's going to say, oh, what did you do with that? And what about that and that person? And, and it's just me and him. And if we try to say, well, it's that mate you gave me. Oh, it's that kid you gave me. He's going to say, well, they're not here right now. I'm going to deal with you. Kind of narrow. Are you hearing me? We got to know him. We got to know him. Second thing he said. He said, never in the Bible was the majority right. Whoa. So when he was preaching to the multitudes, he wasn't all about multitudes, was he? Jesus would not have done well in a mega church. Mega churches aren't so mega anymore. Because now it's down to where you want him, then you go seek him for yourself. Because God shut down all the hoopla. He shut down all the big hurrah. He shut down all the big stuff that everybody's so impressed with. And he says, now you come and seek me for you. He said, never in the word. That's what he said to me. He goes, never in my word was the majority right. Never in my word was it where a, a large group came together and they made the rules. Or you ever heard that saying, somebody dies and people say, well, they're in a better place. You better pray so. Right? Right? They're in a better place. But nobody, nobody led them to Christ in that circle. Now, I believe with all my heart, when someone is raised in the gospel from the time they were little, that will not return void. When those kids are grown up and we look at them and we say, oh my God, I just hope that Jesus is real somewhere. He is real. Because if we did our job as parents and raised him up to know the word, know them Bible illustrations, know who God is, let them see him alive in us, then my God, is he able to return that word to your life? Yes. Yes. Well, I don't know. You know, they... True story. One young man, his father is a very dear friend of ours. This young man, just bound up in drugs, bound up in drugs, bound up in drugs, raised in the church, knew the gospel, knew the word of God. One week before he went to be with Jesus, he came down this aisle, and something in me said, go hug him. I went and hugged him, and I said, do you know the Lord? He said, I do, Pastor Cheryl. I'm struggling, but I know him, and I know he loves me, and I love him. One week later, died from an overdose. His father was heartbroken. He said, what do you make of it? I said, I know what I make of it, because God let that happen so I could tell you 
that kid is with Jesus. God don't have a problem with our sin. God don't have a problem with all the garbage going on in the world. This gender, this transgender, this homosexual, this drug addict, this, this. God don't have a problem with that. God is looking at, are we battling it? Are we saying, I love Jesus? And doing our best. Listen. He's simply telling us, everybody ain't in a better place. I can't stand it when I got asked to do a funeral once for an elderly woman. So I got there and uh, I was praying. And I said, God, I don't even know this woman. He says, neither do I. I said, oh my God. And I thought, well, maybe that's me. And so her son walked up to me, and he had asked me to do the funeral. He loved the Lord, and he took my hand. He said, Dr. Cheryl, he said, just do the best you can. I said, what do you mean? He said, she didn't know the Lord, and she didn't want him, even as she was passing. I begged her, Mom, let me pray with you. No. I said, well, we just never know what conversation her and Jesus had. I said, and that's where I'm going to go. I don't know. But I know he's a big God. How many of you hear what I'm saying? We got to realize this truth that everybody ain't in a better place. But with our God, there's always hope. Look at Matthew seven twenty three, And then will I profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. See, again, how many of you in here would say, well, I am working iniquity every day? <laughs> That's absurd when you love Jesus, right? We don't walk around going, I want to see what sin I can do. That's absurd. Because our hearts know him. We love God. We serve God the best way we know how. Interesting point in Revelation, Jesus wrote a letter to every church, right? Seven churches. He wrote a letter to each one. The church at Sardis, interesting. He said, strengthen what remains. And even it is about to die. God's speaking to the church today and say, strengthen what is of me in your churches. Strengthen what is of me in these churches. Point to yourself, say, I'm the church, and God strengthened me. Strengthen. And don't let nothing that remains die. 
Don't let what matters die. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't let anything that matters, don't let it die in you, in your walk with God. Don't let that fire and that passion for God die. Don't let your repentant heart die. Don't let your desire to tell people about Jesus and to share, don't let that die. Because enough comes at you every day to want to just dwindle that out. To blow that out, right? He's speaking to us, saints, not the church at Sardis only. He's saying, don't let what matters die. You can always have more clothes. You can always have another house. You can always have cars. He says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I can give you stuff. But don't let what matters die. Don't let your soul die from thirst, from hunger for the word, for the, the praise and the worship and the passion for God. You know, what's at the very core of the gospel? Whether we want to see it or not, change is at the very core of the gospel. Change. And as creatures of habit, we don't like change. But I want to tell you, change has arrived. Everything has changed. I mean, I was like driving the other day and I thought, God, you're so cool. You even shut the department stores down at 7 p.m. now. I mean, is that awesome? It forces people to go home and be quiet or spend time with their family or whatever. And I was talking to a sales girl the other day. I said, I bet you love it. She goes, oh. She goes, it's awesome. Change is at the very core of our gospel. And you know what changes you? Repentance. Repentance. When you say, God, change me, he does. And that's what causes the change. You keep turning away from all the garbage and heading in that direction right there, up. Perfect example he gave me. He said, the underground churches in persecuted countries are growing to the millions. Wow. Now, how many of you want to go live in a persecuted country? Now, I don't see a lot of hands running for the cause. <laughs> so does God have to bring persecution on us? I pray not. We got enough going on. But how many of you would agree it's brought you to your knees? It's made you pray. Seek his face. I was talking to our pastor in India. Just so you can pray, what are the 10 most persecuted countries right now? Might be 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, Nope, 10. Okay, what are the most persecuted countries right now? Very interesting. 
As you pray, pray for the persecuted church because they pray for us. India, North Korea, China, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Iran, and Libya. Oh, I said Libya twice. Okay. We have churches in South Korea. They pray incessantly for North Korea. We have churches in India. They have a prime minister right now who is not a Christian. The last one was. This one has gotten rid of all the orphanages. These children are either in the streets or if the parents will take on the, you know, the keep of them, then uh, the parents that had these children in orphanages, there were like parents over every orphanage, they've just adopted a zillion kids. They are seeking to get rid of any Christian influence, but our little apostle over there who has a thousand plus churches, our apostle Daniel, he comes here once a year, they, this prime minister, has, he has favor with him. And so he kind of turns from whatever Daniel's putting his hand to. Daniel is meeting the needs of widows. And we, you, and our network are all part of seeding into Daniel's ministry on a monthly basis to help the widows, to help the children, and to help Apostle Daniel get the word out. Children are being saved from trafficking, from being sold for body parts. It's just insane. But Daniel and Pastor Lionel and his family, Daniel's son, they are making the difference. Persecuted country. And then they call us every other week and say, we are praying for you. I mean, I just get chills. I go, oh my God, Lord. <laughs> I know you hear their prayers. We have right now a little ministry in Pakistan. Her name is Pastor Martha Gill. I have been trying to get money to this woman for a month now. Praying and just trying to find a way just so she's got a church with all kinds of adults, but 60 plus children that need food. I've been trying to get this amount of money in her hands. You'd think I was trying to wire a million dollars over there. I'm trying to get $100 in her hands because it will feed her children for a month. And you wouldn't believe what I'm going through. It is ridiculous. They want to know, where did this money come from? Who's getting this money? What are you doing with it? And we're, we keep telling them, and they act like they never heard us. See, the enemy hates the persecuted church. This woman preaches the gospel. These kids, she sends me pictures of her church services. These kids, little bitties, on their face crying, praising God. Tears streaming down their face, praising God. The persecuted church. And this is what 
She, as well as Apostle Daniel and several pastors have shared with me that there are five requirements that the persecuted church, this is what they believe makes the difference for Christians. They said they are committed to the Bible. They eat, sleep, drink the Word of God. They don't have time to read anything else. They are committed to prayer. They pray incessantly. When I was in Korea, the Koreans get up, if they got to be at work at 9, they get up at 4 so they can pray from 4 to 8 and then get up and get ready to go to work. They're committed to prayer. How committed are you to prayer? I don't know. I know I have to look at my own life constantly. They are committed to sharing the gospel every day. These are the requirements of the persecuted church. They tell their pastors, you want a pastor in a persecuted country? You must be committed to the word, committed to prayer, committed to sharing the gospel every day. And their overseers are asking them, are you doing it today? Did you do it? What did you do today? They keep them accountable. What if I said to you, I'm going to call you every day and see who you shared Jesus with? You'd be like, oh my God, okay, i got to find somebody to go share the word with. Dr. Cheryl's going to call any minute. They are committed to a, now this one's awesome, to expect a miracle every day. They look for God to do a miracle every day. Well, every time you win a soul to Christ, that's a miracle. Every time you lay hands and someone gets a heel touch, that's a miracle. Every time you get something that you weren't expecting to happen and it's a blessing, that's a miracle. See, don't think a miracle means that you got to see Jesus in the clouds coming down and shaking your hand. <laughs> a miracle is anything that God does that you could not do. Right? They're committed to that. They're committed to expecting a miracle. They're committed... One pastor told me, he says, I ministered to a lot of Muslims. He said the one gentleman woke up and ran to me the next morning after I talked to him about the Lord, and he ran to me because he didn't want it at first, but he said, I, Jesus came to me last night, and, and he stood at the foot of my bed, and I got to know this guy. <laughs> yeah, you do. Good idea. They're committed to miracles. And the last one, they embrace, okay, here we go. They embrace suffering for God's glory. They embrace suffering. They embrace suffering. So if the uh, military police come into their home and grab dad and say, we're taking him to jail, he's preaching the gospel, the mom and the kids stand and praise the Lord. They're full of fear, but they're embracing it. And he's saying, I embrace this. And you know what, family? Hang in there. I'm with you, and God's with you. We're not finished. Wow. They embrace suffering for the glory of God. Five requirements. See, if we keep doing what we're doing, if we all, since the pandemic, keep pressing in to God, 
If we keep praising and worshiping him, if we keep having such a heavy presence of God in every worship, if we meet him at our homes and talk to him and love on him and he talks back to us, if we keep expecting him to do something in our situations, he will. If we wake up every day saying, come on, Jesus, who can I talk to about you today? Come on, Jesus, give me opportunity if we keep embracing whatever we go through and say it's okay God I'm going to go over I'm not going under because it's not finished till it's finished it's not over till it's over if we keep pushing in that direction then we don't have to worry because we are seeing the light of eternity how many of you are getting what I'm saying I want you to watch this clip. It's called Echoes into Eternity. Echoes into Eternity. How many of you could relate to the army and the warfare? And he was like that Holy Ghost coming upon them saying, you're going to see light, you're going to see the sun shining, and you're going to overcome because we are the people of God. He says what we do in life echoes in eternity. Awesome. Don't stop. Press. Keep pressing. Don't give up. If you need to pray with somebody, call, some, call someone in the body. Call the office. We'll pray with you. Don't you give up. You keep pressing into the word. You keep fighting the war. You keep pressing into God. Worship, prayer, the word. You keep sharing the gospel. No matter how distraught you get, no matter how discouraged you get, don't you stop sharing the gospel. You tell people what God has done for you. You press. Because what we do in this life, it's an echo going up to his ear. How many of you hear it? Personally, I like the dog in that movie. I could see the Holy Ghost in his little eyes. Hallelujah. Let's pray tonight. Jesus, just lift your hands in his presence. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, we want to know you. We're not coming anymore with our agendas. We want to know you. God, for every person sitting here and every person right now on live stream. They want to know you. They want to know you, God. You know, maybe you don't know him. I want to introduce you to an awesome God. And he'll meet you right where you're at. 
if you're sitting in this auditorium or if you're watching by live stream tonight he meets us right where we're at we don't have to be anything we don't have to just say the right thing he loves us right where we're at just invite him in tonight say come on in Jesus take over I've been working so hard and doing it all on my own I can't come in take over Jesus be the Lord of my life be the master of my life and Lord I want to know you I want to know your word I want to know your presence Lord teach me how to pray Teach me how to just talk to you and pray. I want my life to count for your glory. Lord, help me to be like those in the persecuted church. Let me just hunger after your word and read it. Let me just be committed to praying and praying and praying. And when I think I can't do it anymore, I'm going to pray some more. Let me be committed to sharing you with somebody because look at what you did for me. You died for me. You rose again. God, I want to look at this thing in light of eternity. Jesus. Jesus, let me expect miracles every day as I walk with you. Not to benefit me, but so that I can show off you to people and they'll believe because they'll see. And Jesus, help me. Help me to embrace my pain. God, Maybe I don't have somebody coming in my house and taking my family off. But God, I have my own pain right here where I'm at. God, meet me in my pain and I embrace it so that you can heal me. Heal us right now, God. Every person in this sanctuary and every person watching by live stream, we're calling down your healing for emotions, for our bodies, for everything, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. God, we're not into a blessing club. And you bless. But it ain't about us getting more and having more. God, we got all we need. And if we don't, you'll make sure we do. Because you're a good God. So, Father, fill us up. Fill us up with your Holy Ghost. Fill us up. Come on, pray in tongues. Fill us up, Jesus. Fill us up, Jesus. We worship you tonight. We worship you tonight. God, don't leave us the same. 
Don't leave any person that's sitting in their home right now watching. Don't leave them the same, God, we beg you. Don't leave any person sitting in this sanctuary the same, God. Change, change, change us. And God, we thank you for it. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for it. We embrace it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to put the basket out here for a love offering, seed offering, or if you came in late and want to put your tithe in there. We're trying to replace some things here in the house. So keep that in mind as you give. But more than anything, I want as you walk out tonight, I want you to just keep your distance. Give them an elbow or a nod. Just look at somebody and say, my life's going to count. I'm changed. My life's going to count for the kingdom. I'm changed. My life's going to count for the kingdom. I'm changed. See, I believe in the power of our words. Amen? So I just challenge you tonight. Go out of these doors and have the most awesome week you've ever had. Covered in the blood of Jesus, be blessed. Amen? God bless you all on live stream. We love you. Amen.